What up, survivors? Welcome to D180, the horror movie podcast, taking you on a ride. Thanks for linking up with us. I'm AJ. And I'm Johnny. And bitch, it's my birthday. What's your profanity? The date you're listening to the podcast. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to do that. I thought you was going to be shocked that I came out so hot like that. <laughs> I was shocked, but I was like, let me roll with it. <laughs> oh, the date this episode drops. October 1st, 2021. 29 years ago, I dropped from heaven. And you all were presented with me. And you know what? I know I'm just out here exposing my age, but I don't care. Cause look, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. It I don't know if it's my face. I don't know if it's my height. I don't know what it is, but no one ever believes me when I tell them how old I am. They be like, you fucking lying. I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm for real. Like BJ and I, like, I think it was last week, I don't know, some time ago. So I was like, you know what? I just want to have good vibes tonight. I had a good day at work, like blah, 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 blah. Let's go get some alcohol. I went in to go get it because me, as a Libra, very indecisive. So I'm walking around. The lady stops me. She's like, can I see your ID? I was like, now this happens a lot to me. But the thing about it, (laughs) I had lashes on. Like, I don't know what I did that day, but I had makeup on. Like, all of that, you know, I was dolled up. And she was like, can I see But how was your hair, though? Because sometimes when you wear your natural hair, you could seem a little younger. And a lot of people tell me that. But no, I had, like, how was my hair? Yeah, It was my natural hair, but I had the baby hairs going and all, like. Like the these young the girls be wearing baby hairs and lashes. I know that, but they be 21 they and evolved. up. No, they there's have, some no, no, in no, high school have, that have evolved. Some 15-year-olds. I seen this one little 15-year-old, and I said, damn, bitch, I ain't look like that when I was 15. Exactly. Like, Dang, you look grown as hell. And see, that's my thing, and I'm not going to change this because this is my birthday, and we're not going to do this right now, but we're about to do this right now. Um, I get it, y'all. I know that the world moves fast, and y'all got the social media at your fingertips, but goddamn, like, can y'all just be teenagers? Like, regular degular, can y'all go through an ugly phase? Like, can you be awkward? Like, y'all be straight out the gate. Extensions, eyelashes, BBLs. Yes, I said BBLs, because some of these little young ones, guess the fuck they do. Not high school, but... Oh, I was about to be very concerned. Extremely concerned. Where are your parents? They need to go to jail. And I mean, like, when we were... But see, when we were younger, we were wearing, like, the Barbie heels, the little Barbie fake press on nails. These kids is wearing, like, the real deal. Like, <laughs> like I didn't get my nails done for real until I was, like, a junior in high school. I mean, I had a cell phone at 10, but it was justified because I was staying after school. Like, I don't think I wore my first weave until my sophomore year. And even then, it was a quick weave. But I'm like, the times are changing like jesus i'm just like can y'all just slow it down a second because people get me out here like if i really wanted to be a um because you know i work with kids but if i decided to be a teacher i would have to work with the babies like they would not let me go to a high schooler because they would think i was a high schooler and it happens (laughs) all the time it literally happens all the time because even with even when i wear wigs this happens to me like huh okay also, it's October, so now that means y'all know the Patreon is up and popping. There is some content on there for y'all if y'all book certain tiers. But yes, um, 
when I went to go see Carrie, the girl, and I know the girl was younger than me. When she scanned my ticket, she was like, um, this is a rated R movie. I'm going to have to ask you for your ID. I was like, girl, what? Girl, you got that fountain of youth in your face because they be, they don't card me no more. I at get all. carded <laughs> at all. Like, it do not matter. Anytime they can ask, they going to ask me. And sometimes they'll ask me to do two forms of ID. And I'm like, are y'all kidding? I'm not complaining. Let me get let me get this straight right now. I'm not complaining about it. I enjoy it, actually. But sometimes I just be like, really, nigga? <laughs> but I'm not yeah. mad about it. I'm just, I'm excited to see what 29 is going to be like. 28 was cool, but because of the world, it was a little bit ghetto, but it was fine, I guess. Yeah. But we don't see. 28. I don't know. 28 was chill. It's like 28 was the year that I checked off boxes. Through the rest of my, I guess I can reflect when I actually turned 30. I'm not going to reflect on my 20s because that shit was wild, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing that 30 is a whole new animal, so we'll see. But let's get through this year first before we get there. But yes, I am here. I am happy to be with you. I do want to do another humble brag. I was supposed to be born on the 22nd. And let me tell you something. I just want all of you guys to know Libra season starts on the 23rd, not the 22nd. I be seeing some places, they be like, Libra season starts on the 22nd. I'm like, no, it don't. Anyway, I was supposed to be born on the 22nd and I was in my mom's room and I was just like, no, you're going to wait more than a week for my arrival. So <laughs> I came out on the first like... <laughs> I'm here and now spooky season belongs to me and that's my mama's fault because she would have my birthday on like not my birthday if that makes sense and I mean yeah. a lot of parents do that but like because it has to be convenient on the weekends that you can mm -hmm. invite friends and family and blah, right blah, blah, blah. so me being the person I am I was just like oh well, shit my birthday all month here and that's what it sounded like because I did it was one time I didn't have a party but she said for my birthday, we were going to a Halloween party. It was like one that the city threw and that was like my birthday thing. So I was like, oh, well, in my head, that means my birthday all month. So <laughs> sorry about it, Scorpios. Um, October belongs to the Libras. That's just how I feel. And it is what it is. But huh, to the point of today's show. <laughs> We're going to do things a little bit different. So, I mean, we've talked about this a few times. Y'all know we on hiatus, but we giving y'all some bonus episodes. And this one, we decided for our birthdays, we're going to talk about movies that we like that aren't horror movies. They can, like, be our favorite movie, things that we might have seen earlier this year, or, I mean, I don't know, whenever. And we just like, I want to talk about this. Like, you know, whatever. And I decided... For my birthday, I was going to talk about one of my most favorite movies. If you're looking at the title, it was no effing secret that my favorite movie is Romeo Must Die, starring the great Aaliyah. Like, oh my God, like, how could you not like this movie? I want to meet somebody that don't like this movie. Now, I can understand people being like, it's just Romeo and Juliet. Well, duh, bitch. It said in the title. <laughs> literally says it in the title for our birthday episodes it's not going to be like our regular episodes where we do deep dives into the backstory and all this blah 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 we literally just going to cut right to it but what i will say this movie low-key you know when we talk about like why don't we have a black version of this why don't we have a this version of that 
I feel like in my opinion, and I guess we could have saved this for like, you know, our little mini thoughts at the end. This movie is like the perfect way to do a different rendition on a classic movie. All right, let's do it. and locked in a war. These two guys with the machine guns, they start blasting off, well, none of y'all make it home. And one man. The old man didn't think you'd make it. And you? I knew you would. It's just a matter of time. Caught in the middle. Trisha, I can't have you hanging with you, boy. What the hell were you doing in there? We're in the middle of a damn war. Let me tell you something, okay? Whatever my father and Mac are into has nothing to do with me. In a world of vicious rivalries and violent betrayals, only one thing is certain. Sorry, Romeo. I'm taking your most valued asset. Romeo must die. That was a mistake. starts off with Po Sing, the youngest son of the Chinese triad boss Chu Sing. Po is up in Silk's nightclub in Oakland, California. But let me tell you one thing, I cannot stand the bouncer that comes up to Po talking about amazing grace with that wild ass list. <laughs> now listen, I'll be coming for my man list like that. And that's what I was about to say. No list slander because clearly, and I just did it because I have a slight one as well. But his, I was like, we couldn't get somebody else to say this because he just like, gee, whew, child. Anyway, a fight ensues. Poe gets rescued, then told off by Kai, which is Chu's chief lieutenant. In the first fight scene, immaculate. Like, it literally tells you right off the bat what type of movie this is going to be. Like, this came out in 2000. So in this era, there was a lot of movies that was just combining different genres. And Kung Fu movies was kind of like, I feel like it was a lot of, like, Kung Fu movies that either had Jet Li, Jackie Chan, or I feel like it was somebody else, too. Because even, like, Rush Hour was coming out around this time. I think the first Rush Hour movie was already out. That came out like in the late 90s, but this was that era. Let me rewind real quick though, because this caught me completely off guard because I don't remember the last time I saw this movie. But these Asian girls on the dance floor. They was getting it. <laughs> whooping out titties. I'm like, what okay. is this? What is this? 
I was like, I'm here for it. But I was not, it, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. So I was not expecting that. I was like, what in the world? This that type of club. This that club you can't take pictures on the inset. Tell her. <laughs> so of course, as this fight is coming out, Kai literally is whooping everybody ass single-handedly until the guns come out. And then, you know, of course, everything kind of paused because, you know, when the guns come out, you kind of got to chill. So we get our first appearance from the late, great Mr. X. If y'all don't know who Mr. X is, y'all need to get into it. I'm talking about Mr. Earl DMX Simmons. Oh, I miss him so much. Oh, my God. Seeing him on the screen, I was just like, <sighs> I miss him. I really do. But okay. It's if you right. ain't black. He was not playing. Because look, first of all, this the thing. This is the thing. Y'all gonna come up in this black man establishment causing all this shit. You see, it was good vibes. And actually, really, honestly, it was the bouncer's fault. If we want to be frank, it was really the bouncer's fault. Poe wasn't doing nothing but vibing. It was the bouncer that came up to him. Now, I know y'all got this quote unquote race war, gang war, whatever the fuck y'all want to call it, but he was the instigator in that situation. Now, you guys are disturbing my business. I was like, oh. Y'all know Mr. X don't ever play. So um, I think y'all want to bounce out. Poe leaves the club. And then Colin, we'll talk about him later, pulls up to the club. And the next morning, Poe is found murdered. I saw this movie when it first came out. And I remember I have family in Mississippi. So we were in Mississippi. I was super young, but my cousins and my sister, they were older. So I don't know how the hell I was able to get into the movie, but I guess because I was with them, I don't know how that worked. But because they were teens, they self, to be honest. But we was in Mississippi. We was in Kosciuszko. It's a very small town. So honestly, they probably ain't even care. But baby, when I tell you that image of Poe hanging from that damn phone pole never left my head when I was little, like, I was just like, it's a horror movie. Like, what the fuck? Like, that scared me. Like, I was just at a loss for words. Like, he was literally hanging from a phone pole in the middle of the damn neighborhood. Just like, it wasn't like he was hidden. That is actually very um, scary. (laughs) Just imagine you walking down the streets of Baltimore, turn the corner, boom, dead body from a phone pole. I would be traumatized. Listen, and then the thing about it in this movie, the way the coloring is done, he almost blended into the background. It's like you really got to look and like the camera fades in or fades in, zooms in and you really see what's going on. Because, you know, he got like that silver suit. And he's like on the silver phone pole. It's yeah. early in the morning. It's rainy. So the sky is kind of gray. And I was just like. And they didn't hold back. Like John, they said, you would have thought this was a damn horror movie, by the way. They zoomed in on that, by the way, they had him up there. Like, goddamn. So Kai ends up delivering the, you know, unfortunate news to Chu, which is Poe's father. And now we meet Isaac O'Day, a real estate developer and gang leader, and his chief lieutenant, Mac, who is also learning about the death of Poe. So where we at with it? We have the Chinese side, which is Chu in his side and then we had the african-american side which is isaac o'day in his side so now that that's out the air just in case for some reason y'all ain't seen this movie and y'all just missed our voices i guess y'all just wanted to hang out with us and you know y'all need to go watch the movie it's available i'll tell you where later <laughs> right because i was not expecting to see it where i saw it i was like oh snap i'm telling you my girl and uh, 
I'll talk to I'll talk about it when we get done because I should have started with this, but my girl is forever relevant. Just like I'd be going in about Carrie. If you know me, you know I am an Aaliyah stan and I do not play about that girl. Like I have her tattoos on my body. Like I do not play about that girl, but I digress and I will get there later. <laughs> so we cut to Hong Kong where Chu's other son, Han Singh, a skilled martial artist and former police officer who has been in prison, learns about his brother's death and escapes. And let me tell you something. When I say people do not be playing about their siblings, Han did not play. As soon as he, he was like, my brother did what? Oh no, we got to go right now. Like he immediately knew exactly what to do, causing smoke with the security guards to get him put up in the shoe. And this is also where the film starts introducing like the x-ray vision to start showing us like the full damage that's happening to these people. So I like that whole x-ray joint. That was pretty cool. Especially for 2000, because you know, in 2000 yeah. and stuff like that, it'd be looking kind of like, Ugh. but nope. As everything that Aliyah participates in, it's timeless. Huh, no surprise there. I'm I'm just letting you guys know, like I just said a few seconds ago, I'm going to be fangirling over my girl because in my head, that's my sister. So you know what? Let's start this now. If you want to drink, just take a shot every time I make an Aliyah reference. All for all my um, Aaliyah fam that's listening to this episode, y'all probably will catch them more than other people, but y'all know what? It's my birthday, so pull up, smoke up, whatever you want to do. If it's illegal, I didn't tell you to do it. Do that at your own risk, so. <laughs> y'all gonna be messed up. <laughs> that, <laughs> you know what? Episode. <laughs> you want to hear the crazy part about it? That was an Aaliyah pun, and you didn't even know you just made it, but... <laughs> The real ones that got the albums would know that one. But we move back to the States at the airport. Isaac and Chu, they meet up. The two are involved in a joint business venture, right? The two have been acquiring deeds to properties along the waterfront to sell to this white boy named Vincent Roth. He's a business magnet who plans to buy a new NFL franchise to build a stadium. Despite Chu's assurances that their partnership still remains intact, Isaac O'Day still fears that, you know, like, if Chu's boy just got canceled, I got to look out for my two kids. So he thinking like, okay, we got to make sure my kids is on lock. So he tells his chief lieutenant, Mac, to play security detail on his son, Colin, and his daughter, Trish, the latter of whom really ain't trying to be with all this gang shit. But can we talk about the way Chu just threw them flowers? You couldn't wait till they like walked around the corner. Nope. I don't want these shits. Drop. But also, it's like, I don't know why every time I watch this movie and I realize, well, not realize because I know, but I'm like, why do we meet in the airport? Like, you couldn't wait till he like went somewhere and got settled. Like, y'all, I don't know. Like, y'all didn't have to meet at one of your places so he would know where your stuff at. Like, y'all could, I don't know. The airport just seemed like an odd choice to me. Like, you just met this dude right off the plane. Like, can I come out the airport or something? Damn. Speaking of Trish, this is where we get our first appearance from my baby girl, Aaliyah. 
her character's Trish. If I be saying Aaliyah Trish, I'm sorry. I'm just, you know what it is. <laughs> so Trish owns a clothing store called Serpentine Fire, Earth, Wind, and Fire reference, if you didn't know, where literally everybody hangs out. And can we just talk about how the setup of this store is definite 2000s realness? It is. You got a, um, a cafe in the front. Mm-hmm. You got clothes in the back. A you got DJ. A DJ. <laughs> And I remember the stores that had DJ Boost too. Right. I'm just like, can we bring that back? Like, I know some people that'll spin if you paying, but I'm just saying, can we bring that back? Because I would love it. Because as a former retail worker, baby, when, I don't know if you know this, Johnny, but usually they'll have a set playlist play. And it's literally like approved by the store. Like, oh, this fits our vibe of our store. So we'll have this play. And when I say it's on a loop, it'll be like maybe 15 to 20 songs, maybe. If that, I really, I'm leaning towards the 15. And you can imagine during Christmas season, honey. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh, my God. I, it's so many Christmas songs that I just. Because with me, I only listen to Christmas songs when I would be putting up the Christmas decorations at my parents' house. That would be the long time that I would listen to them. Other than that, I'm on my regular stuff. And then on Christmas Day, where we're like cooking and, you know, doing all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Like for the occasion, you know, just for the occasion. And I don't, I get it because me, y'all know me, I ride around playing um, the Nightmare on Elm Street soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like faithfully only at night though because it's kind of fun. if you haven't listened to what episode I said that on I don't know which one it was but do it like on a Halloween night or since it's spooky season right now for you regulars if y'all want to do it literally when it's nighttime just turn on the Nightmare on Elm Street playlist I bet you I bet you you gotta have a shiver down your spine because you're gonna be like what the fuck did AJ just get me into but I'm saying it's true it's just an experience you know me I'll be jamming out to the uh the Halloween theme song exactly that's why I'm like you know I know y'all not listening to that music like that y'all can't be and if there is somebody that is please come see me because I just want to talk I just want to understand actually I don't so stay over there anyway I'm about to say because I know a couple of people that are um that would definitely hit you up. <laughs> no, don't. Do not. Because I, I, will, I will ruin the spirit, okay? I will call Krampus. Um, who else? I will call the Auntie Santi. Like, the Auntie Santi. Yeah, the Auntie Santi. Like, I, I will do it all. Like, just don't do it. Just, uh, I'll stay over here. I'll, look, you know, in um, A Nightmare Before Christmas, when Jack goes into the woods and it's like the trees with all the holidays, I'm going to stay in Halloween town and y'all can stay in Christmas town. Okay. Even though Christmas town was pretty lit. I'm not, I, I will give you guys that no pun intended, but we move <laughs> while we're in serpentine fire. We also get a cameo from fame photographer Fatima Robinson. And if anybody who's anybody knows that was like Aliyah's main choreographer, especially once we get into the one in a million area area era and up but Trish heads out as Moron aka Maurice another one of Isaac's goons dampens her day with claims of having to quote-unquote secure her first of all this whole scene seeing Anthony Anderson in the 2000s is such it's kind of funny because after I watched the movie I think I 
um looked at the app where like I keep track of all my shows and movies that I watch and so I was like Anthony Anderson always playing an annoying ass character to this day <laughs> damn not to this right. day damn. right I was about to I was about to say if you say in the 2000s yes because you know he was in this movie he was in Big Mama's house and a whole bunch of others and he was kind of playing that like comical annoying character so yes I would have gave you that but damn y'all still on his neck listen that comment was made about like a month or two ago and i'm like dang y'all are <laughs> the highlight of this whole entire scene between them two well it's two parts when she's like what's your name again and you know he got all excited and she's like moron i'm like <laughs> girl <laughs> like her like just her in general throughout this movie and it's not just her because it was other people's whose acting was well too but as far as she goes I know her fucking back was hurting because goddamn sis you carried this damn movie not for real because the movie was fine but for real you did anyway the other part that cracks me up so he closes the door and like her leg is still out and if you've ever had that happen to you before you know that that shit is annoying <laughs> like I, I be hate it and she was like see Nick, can I get my leg in the car damn and right. it just cracked me up that she said nigga like I don't know if anybody else catches it but I catch it every single I time and I'm like <laughs> especially because I had the captions on so I was like oh shit and I wonder I be wanting to know was like that improv because I feel like you couldn't have had wrote that in the script you know what I mean because if you did I don't know if it would have played as genuine or is she just that good at acting that, you know, she just made it seem natural. But I digress. Later on, we find ourselves at Calvin's Barbershop, which is kind of funny because was Barbershop, like the actual Barbershop out yet? This was 2000. I think Barbershop came out like 2003. I think, yeah, I think Barbershop came out later. Okay, well, hmm look at that inspiration no I'm just kidding it probably I don't know let me not do that anyway <laughs> we're at Calvin's Barbershop where the news of the new Oakland NFL team is arriving soon now remind y'all this was after the Raiders had left so you know you know how the Raiders team been doing they just been bouncing fucking everywhere but they look good in Las Vegas right now let me tell you that right now anyway Calvin receives a package that is actually a bomb and as bombs do it fucking explodes and just ruins everybody's day I was just like damn <laughs> and it just happened so sudden yeah that hurt my heart like he was just trying no to get chance. a haircut Mm-mm. literally like Harold was literally trying to get a haircut this would have been one of the moments where y'all niggas would have been happy that y'all barbers canceled on y'all and I know that's happened to y'all before at least it was an instant death but still I'm just like damn like that's a lot meanwhile Han travels to Oakland to investigate where in a chance encounter he runs into Trish and they end up becoming cool and he helps her ditch her assigned security, aka moron. So time out real quick. This record store scene that happens like a little bit before that. So what happens is y'all know me, I'm being real brief because y'all should have watched the movie. So Aliyah is in a record store. Maurice is in there. He's trying to talk to some girl, right? And <laughs> his dumb ass. He's doing the most. He's DTM, or as I like to call TTH. He's trying too hard to like be on this girl's good side right this other girl not Aaliyah so Aaliyah she's Aaliyah I'm gonna be calling her Aaliyah throughout this whole thing it's fine so Trish she peeped him like you know 
looking at her and then she trying to scuff the scene she buys her vinyls and she goes out the door but let me tell you one thing everybody's album is in this record store and I say that for two reasons because there is one album cover that I'm just very upset that they did not fucking take down and by the sound of my voice if you know in terms to Aaliyah then you know what I'm talking about. John A., I don't know if you noticed, but that fucking producer who was found fucking guilty and I hope he goes mm. to jail for life, his poster, like, I think it's for 12 Play, whatever fuck, is like right in the back, like right as she walks out the door, is like right there. But everybody else's album is in there. Like you can, like if you pay attention, you'll see TLC's album. You see Deborah Cox's album. You see Little Kim, Big as Hell on the front, open the hardcore album right there. Who else did I see? I saw like a whole bunch of people. I'm trying to think. I think I saw Monica's album. Like oh, everybody was up in there. But like I said, I don't think the producer part was intentional. I hope it wasn't. But I'm just like, we couldn't like digitize it out or something, whatever. I digress. We move. But also when um, she does leave and then Maurice comes out, it's like, That part killed that's me. That's always funny. Every single time. And I'm like, that's why I'm like, I know parts of this script had to be improv. Like, they couldn't be like, who would write that in the script? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> and then even the guy, when Trish goes up to buy her vinyls, and when she walks away, the dude just like shivers. I'm like, nigga, me too. Me too. I too shiver when I see Aaliyah. <laughs> But then when she gets in the car with Han, she peeps real quick that this, and this is how you know my girl's street smart, right? She's like, nigga, did you steal this car? You don't know how to work the meter. Like, you ain't asking me like the typical taxi banter. Like, what the fuck is up? Every time he turned around to talk to her, I'm like, hey, yo, eyes on the road. Waiting to happen, okay? And he was like, and now I know if my friend Nita, if she listened to this, she will tell you there was one time she you know how it is when you with your best friend you driving they in the passenger y'all taking selfies right this was the selfie era and she was like aj and then i turned my head i hit a full pose and i hope she got the picture i'm gonna ask her for it and i'm gonna post it i hit a full pose while i'm driving i know it had to be a smooth 10 seconds i was not looking at the road and i ain't budge but don't be doing that y'all this was just uh she will talk about that to this day because it was kind of funny but it wasn't funny because I don't even know where we was driving, but we must have been like on the highway or something for her to have that reaction. But she shouldn't have called my name to take a selfie, but that's my girl. So I was going to do it. Anyway, (laughs) Isaac and Vincent Roth have a meeting over 18 holes as these people do. Honestly, is that really why y'all golf? So y'all can just do business negotiations? Because I want to know. Yes. Yes. Because depending on where you are in the corporate ladder, a lot of a lot of businessmen do their business on the golf course and yeah. take a look at one of our mutual friends right now who just recently took a golf yes <laughs> a lot and a lot listen. of business people uh at high Warps, we have a golf tournament every year that i normally volunteer at and i've learned that if you're trying to get something done go to the golf course because that's where you're going to find everybody any people who's looking for um some um sponsors 
Okay. <laughs> Trish arrives back to her store where she finds her brother Colin on the phone with their dad. But like I told y'all earlier, Trish ain't for none of that shit and sets him straight. Let me tell you something. I mean, she loves him, but let's be real. They family is involved in some real gang shit. And she like, I got kids running around here. Like, you seem like my place is popping. Can we just talk about how this girl owned a full clothing store? I'm just like, that's really cute. Like, this is her own little place. Like, blah, 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 blah. I mean, you know, her daddy got that gang drug dealing money. So, I mean, kind of makes sense. But anyway, Colin is like, you know, I respect you. I feel it. But it's going to be all good. Don't worry about me, baby sis. I got this. So a little bit later, Mac catches Trish enjoying a meal where she instantly calls him out for killing Poe. Although he denies those claims, it's at this point where he tries to get extra smooth and hits on her. But of course, again, she ain't going for that loose rap. And then he has the audacity to get loud and aggressive with her. And I'm just like, excuse me, sir. Don't get your ass beat. Please don't, because you're doing a lot. But also... I think it's like she, Mac are weird. Uh, listen, I'm just like, what's the problem? Talking about, oh, you saving yourself with NFL player, Kobe Bryant Titan. And if I was... Mind your business. Exactly. Like, goddamn. So he hurt. He walking away. And <laughs> <laughs> well, I was about to say, mind the business that pays you, but damn, you are his business because his daddy, her daddy pay you, so... <laughs> exactly so <laughs> can't even say that and i mean yes you can that's not your business not not directly so <laughs> it's the part when maurice tried to clown him but then matt clowns him back and was like get him some fat free water and then maurice like, like that free my water? water where is that fat free water that Point was so in a direction rude rude <laughs> show me where the fat free water is because i just i want to know what that'd be like <laughs> meanwhile han goes to poe's apartment where he has a little moment oh my god when he's like going through his things and he finds that like deflated basketball and it goes to the flashback of like i want to know what was that about that's i've always wanted to know that about that movie like how the fuck did these little kids end up in that water with this basketball like what the hell where was the parents what happened i want to know but i want to know too but because the daddy was around but what happened i don't know that's That's what i'm saying i just and it's like okay maybe it's not like that big but if like you gonna show us something like that like you know i'm seeing the basketball i'm thinking maybe they gonna show us like a scene of them playing basketball or something you show us a scene of these two little boys in the in the water trying to swim their way up to hong kong floating on the basketball like there's a backstory there and i need to know like (laughs) what happened there i really need to know about this but He discovers that Poe had called Trisha's clothing store the day before he was killed. And then after following her back to her place, he explains everything that he learned. Maurice and the gang pull up on Trish and swiftly get their ass beat single-handedly by Han. And to add more insult to injury, he steals their car. Now, let me tell you something. Time out. Time out. That was dumb because you don't leave your car running in the middle of wherever they were at. That's dumb. Like, did you just think you thought it was sweet just because you were part of this quote-unquote gang? You just thought your Escalade was fine. 
And d- didn't we say this? It's always Escalade. It is. And it's then 2000s, always the early Escalade. 2000s. <laughs> because Escalades was popping back then. Okay. Everybody had a freaking Escalade. And then at one point, everybody had a damn Hummer. Oh, yeah. Get paid in the Escalade. But let's rewind, rewind, rewind. The way that Han just instantly switched <laughs> to the delivery guy so he could get out. And then Maurice was like, where the food? And Ali was like, oh, you hungry, baby? <laughs> I'm like, I feel like it was a lot of jokes going on on this set. But when they go down there and they try to fight him and he start beating their ass, I don't know if you peeped that one dude that he like takes off his belt and his pants fall down and he got a multicolored thong on. Not a multicolored thong. I miss that. Girl, every time I see it, I die. Because he literally, okay, it's like his belt comes off, his pants come down, and you just see this bright technicolored thong. And the dude, he just grabbed his nuts. He's just like, ah! Oh. I just die, like, cheeks out, all of that. Like, it's almost like um, the Shrek movie when Pinocchio's hanging from the thing and the gingerbread man is like, it's a thong! <laughs> During this, Colin tells his father that he was supposed to meet someone at the club to discuss info that could end the war. Colin, basically, he's trying to man up, y'all. Y'all know how it is. You know, your daddy be doing stuff, and then they got a little son, they soon be trying to come up right after them, you know, claim the throne after the air is over. But he feels like it's his time, like I said, to be calling the shots. However, Isaac is actually on some other stuff because he's trying to get his family out this gang life and into more official matters, but more on that later. But also, Mac brings his little scrawny ass over into the office, and Colin literally does not give him the time of day. And it's the fact that none of the kids like Mac, they all know he ain't shit and he ain't gonna be shit, period. You know what I forgot to mention? What? Every time I see Colin, all I can think of is him and Lucifer. I did not know he was in that. Yep. He's one of the main characters. He plays a Menadil. Lucifer's brother. How is it? Should I get into it? I liked every season up until this last season. I just... I don't know, but they should have ended at season five. Oh my God, I hate, we talked about this on countless episodes. Like y'all need to know when to cut it, cut it. I think that, but Netflix did give it what it needed to give it for that last couple of seasons, but. Okay. At his brother's funeral, Han confronts his estranged father. And it's so crazy because when he popped up at the funeral, his daddy looked like he seen a damn ghost. But anyway, Han won't that smoke. He's blaming him for failing to protect Poe after Han helped them both flee to America to escape Chinese authorities, which was the main reason that Han was in prison in the first place. Because remember earlier, I told y'all, and we see picture evidence of it, that Han was a police officer. And you know, when police officers do cricket shit, the ones that get caught, i.e. the people of color, because, you know, we ain't going to do that today. We should, but we ain't going to do that today. Y'all know they hit them with the book extra hard when it should be everybody get hit with the book hard but I digress and we move Kai also informed Han that Poe's death has been a result of an escalating gang war between the Chinese and African Americans so basically he's trying to imply that Isaac O'Day's people killed Poe Han meets up with Trish at the park and then you know the whole gang they there too and they playing American football and then they peep Han and they like Ain't that the dude that with that ass? And you know, Maurice be calling him dim son through this whole damn movie. 
He was like, yeah, that's him. So, you know, Hun and Trish, you know, they being cute, whatever, really adorable. And then Matt comes up out of nowhere in the coat. First of all, talk about understanding the assignment. Trish, immediately, she was like, oh, I didn't catch your name. What's your name? Akbar. See, oh my God, I was just like, this is how you be on one fucking accord. This is how all my friends and majority of them do need to move, okay? We need to be able to instantly call the club names, okay? <laughs> <laughs> this is why I can't wear my name necklaces and earrings to the club Listen, no more. let me tell you about this one time. We went to this club and this was a, a club that you really shouldn't give out your real name. And by halfway through the night, I'm drunk, and then my other best friend's drunk, and we, like, totally forgot our code name. So they're like, Johnny! <laughs> and then I'm calling uh-huh. her by her real name, and I'm like, well, damn, that was, that was a bust. <laughs> I mean, everybody else probably didn't remember either, and if they did, then they just wasn't partying right. And right. It is what it is. <laughs> it happens. Players mess up. We try. I should get, like my code name on the nameplate and some earrings and I'll just wear those to the club specifically but then I gotta remember I got those on exactly (laughs) but then it'd be like when they look at your Instagram she's gonna be like now wait a minute she told me her name was and this shit say AJ (laughs) but see this one see when I give code names I don't give out social media I only do that so you don't ask me for my number I don't want you to ask me for my number. I don't want you to have my social media, but I can also swiftly block you. That's true. <laughs> that's that's why, like, I honestly do not care to give out my Instagram or my Twitter because that's just like free as public knowledge. And I'm just like, I can I can block you. I can restrict you, and you can think what you want to think from that point. But that's that's as most access as you'll ever get to me. So, hmm. <laughs> But yeah, because then, I mean, even to that note, you know how these men be out here. Like, they legit be hurt when girls mm-hmm. do not, like, do what they want them to do. Like, girls be getting killed in these streets for that. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, y'all do y'all do the most, and y'all need to let that hurt go. Like, just go to the next person. Or go sit down, actually. Let it go. Let it go. I don't know what I... I'll just get out my face, okay? Thanks. <sighs> anyway, so Matt comes over. He invites him to like a game of football. And Han is like, I don't know how to play that. He was like, it's okay, it's fine. <laughs> First of all, <clears throat> let me tell y'all something. Y'all be talking about football is easy. And it wasn't until I became an NFL cheerleader that I did understand the game. And okay, yes, it is a bit easier to follow and understand now that I've been around it for two years. But no, it's not. <laughs> I'm just like, do you know how much goes into that? I don't know if anybody watches Hard Knocks, but I do. And the way that they be having to do all this, and let me tell you something, I can't hear, okay? So y'all yelling these plays, I would be like, huh? What? (laughs) I would get cut, okay? I would get cut during preseason. I probably wouldn't even fucking make the preseason because even being a dancer, because we would have to like listen to our sideline assistant that's like 10 feet away from us telling us stuff then we got to look at the timer and then we got to know what dances we oh my god like I don't even know how I was doing that but anyway after stumbling a little bit Han dusts himself off and tries again and beats everybody ass in public because first of all this is what you're not gonna do that unnecessary tackle they did when they like literally like piled up on him 
I would be mad as hell if 2000's Anthony Anderson was flying in the air towards my body. Exactly. That looked scary. Look. <laughs> and he was like, why is nobody else getting hit? They was like, because you got the ball. I was like, I bet. Beating everybody ass on site. Cool. Man, you know, he goes back. All the kids just like, wow, oh my God, you're so amazing. I was like, and look, Trish whole time, she just sitting there like, mm-hmm. all right. <laughs> so that night, Colin is in his apartment. And then I want to talk about this too, because obviously we see the differences between everybody. We see the parallels between everybody, because literally everybody on, but um, one thing I do want to point out when it came to Trisha's character, like when we see her apartment and we really, we only see like the kitchen and the living room, but it's really simple compared to Colin's apartment. He got a fucking sky rise in the city. It's all lavish. That's because he got that drug dealer money and Trish is out here working a hard, honest life. Okay. Exactly. I'm just like, dang. Cause you would think like, you know, I got a lot of friends who daddies do that or not even daddies that they families do that and you know for the most part being like the kid you will reap some of those benefits but it's just like you said Janae and just like I said earlier she ain't for none okay she's just like me and Serpentine Fire we gonna take care of me y'all can keep all y'all over there all right so Colin is in his little fancy ass apartment with his girlfriend they chilling they smoking weed you know how that is it's a vibe and one of my favorite lines in the movie, he was like, shit, I am an idea. Me and BJ literally just randomly will say that to each other, no context. <laughs> and just say it because I don't know what it is about the way he says that line. That's just hilarious. But a knock comes at the door. His girlfriend goes to answer it. Mind you, homegirl, she don't, you know how we older, you know. We wear robes. I do. I don't know about you, Nate, but I love a robe. Y'all know the grandma fold with the robe. Y'all know how it is. You take one side, take the other side and fold your arms. You know how that go. I do that with my um my oversized sweaters that I be running around the house. <laughs> yes. So homegirl just literally answered the door, didn't close her robe. Like, mind you, she just got her little, it ain't Savage Fenty, but just think of that vibe. She got her little lingerie on under her robe it's just all exposed she answered the door I love saying lingerie I will not say lingerie I'm not lingerie it's lingerie (laughs) but I'm just like sis you ain't wanna close it no okay whatever do you that's why you got thrown out the window exactly and now this is my next point and I didn't clock it until this watch whoever decided that they was just going to put a ball cap on that stunt double. Whose idea was that? And if y'all looking at me like, what are you talking about? Go watch the scene. I'll wait. I'll be right here. I will wait. Watch the scene when they get thrown out the window. Look at Colin and then look at the girlfriend. And just look at her head. Now, when you see her in the apartment, she kind of has like, uh, it's like a dark like a brown. Yeah, like it's very dark brown hair, you know? So then when you see her coming out the window, it's literally a bald cap. I'm just like, and I never clocked it until I just recently watched it this time. And I was just like, now, come on. Uh, anyway, 
That morning, the bodies are discovered and Trish condemns her daddy to hell for the death of her brother. She just know his ass had something to do with it. I just, that was heartbreaking. Like, I just, oh my yeah. God, I felt for her. Like, I really felt like she lost a brother. Like, <sighs> it was a lot. Han arrives back at Poe's apartment and finds it ransacked. Like, when I mean they ran through his shit, they ran through his shit. He takes the keys to Poe's car and finds a list of addresses. Heading back to the apartment, Han finds, heading back to the apartment, he finds Trish still distraught, but looking fly as hell in that iconic swoop ponytail with the zigzag part y'all know the outfit i'm talking about the leather jacket with the red white and black shirt with the little skirt with the little boots oh my god it's now one thing that i can say is that in high school i lived for a swoop ponytail like i'll have my little soup in the front and then a little ponytail and a little headband sometimes depending on how i felt but the soup ponytail that was a thing for me in high school Listen, I feel like I'm still gonna rock a swoop bang. I don't care. I just feel like I feel like a lot of I think the reason why she is timeless in general is just because a lot of the things she did, it was just kind of like, you know how it's some things that's just like home base. Like yeah. a t-shirt and jeans will never be out of fashion. Like you can always look good in a t-shirt and jeans. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of her looks was just always that very simple classic looks like it wasn't like in braids now uh, is now because we're in a different type of culture. But y'all know how y'all used to do girls then that used to wear braids all the time. Like y'all know how it was. But those styles are very classic. So they realized that Poe wanted to show Colin a list of businesses that were either destroyed or being threatened for failing to sell their properties. The two visit one of the remaining businesses on Poe's list, but the Chinese owner and his employees have all been killed. Like they literally just pull up and it's like fresh killed. Like dude's cigarette is still burning in the ashtray. Like this shit just happened. So, you know, they come out, they see some cars skirt skirting off and they get into a wild ass car tray. Mind you, they in Trisha's car. I... I just like, I would be like, now, wait a minute. I know I said that we could use my car, but I, you know what? She probably got good insurance because that was a whole being. So she was probably fine. It was probably going to get replaced very quickly, but (laughs) they get to a certain point, you know, it's a little dude on a motorcycle and they corner him, come to find out. It's a whole woman. And Han just freezes because he's like, I can't hit her. That's a woman. And Trish is like, um, I don't know how it is over in Hong Kong, but in America, um, if she's being disrespectful, you can whip her ass. Right. So Han is just like, um, well, how about we do this? And this is where we get the scene of them fighting together. And she understood the assignment. Once again, Trish whooped that girl. I love it their fight scenes because it's more like dance choreo like you know mm-hmm. sing or something it's so cute very the entire scene going back to the car chase I don't know if you ever seen that meme I don't know if like I related to it on a certain level because I lived that life briefly but <laughs> Jesus let me not tell on myself anyway have you seen that meme it'd be like when you date a dealer 
and he say um you could come on runs with him and you just be in a passenger seat and i can't remember what the picture is but the person in the passenger seat just smiling all giddy yeah well i see i can see you doing that shit too because <laughs> that really was me back then that was my younger 20s i was wild y'all i was wild i just thought i thought i was like first lady running some stuff like girl girl go somewhere sit down anyway on the wild <laughs> i'm sorry i'm laughing at my younger self because girl what the heck you know what that is Janae? Gross. Gross. <laughs> i mean it's both it was it was stupidity and now, now i'm living better now gucci sweater now okay <laughs> those days i have been delivered do I oh, still gosh. like drugs? Yes. Yes, I do. And I always will. But will I be doing things like that? Hopefully not. <laughs> and look, my ass talking about some hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. You know what? I mean, shoot, now they got delivery services where you can just, you know, it's like it's like Uber Eats and DoorDash for, for weed, you know? Listen, I'm just like it's okay you know in life you have different phases and this is why we reflect on the past years just be Mm -hmm. like girl what the hell (laughs) sis was 20 (laughs) thinking she was grown okay and was not (laughs) but on the waterfront dock mac literally debos a crab man out of his deed while kai does the same thing staging a hit on the barge and later chu is shown ordering the death of several other triad bosses to acquire their territories so this is where we're starting to really learn that this is kind of some crooked stuff we don't have the full story yet but you see there's some real in-house stuff like we already knew that they were trying to acquire the deeds to all the businesses on the waterfront but we ain't know they was doing it like this like it's literally both sides being crooked like nigga either you gonna um get down or you gonna stay down and um that's that so hand over that deed first of all when mac put that dude face in the bucket of crabs and start like shuffling them with the gun i was like why they sound like that <laughs> and i was trying to see was these crab fake but they was moving and i just would have freaked out i don't know what i would have did at that point what can you do but, like it's a gun to my head and then crabs on my chest pinching at my plaid shirt like uh, i don't know and then kai asked literally just gonna walk on these dudes boat he was like oh yeah i heard it's supposed to be a hit here and they're like when right now i was like "Eh." and then to even add more insults injury not only do you just take they deed you're gonna take they drugs and then blow up the whole spot yep and smile while you're doing it i was like oh well okay now one thing i will say this I did like Kai's glasses. Those blue tinted glasses was an entire mood. But we also know that I like Iron Man's blue tinted glasses. So I think I just got a thing with blue tinted glasses. And I'm mad that when I tried to buy a pair this summer, they were sold out. It's fine. Whatever. Maybe next time. (laughs) Isaac moves Trish from her apartment to her childhood home 
telling her that she cannot be around Han. Y'all know this is, like I said, it's Romeo and Juliet. The two families beefing. It's two people that's feeling each other. They can't be together. Of course, again, Trish ain't for the bullshit. She even questions her daddy, asking him if he's responsible for Poe's death. He denies, but does confirm that he does want revenge for Colin's death. Now, we pull up to the old childhood home, and the whole gang, they up inside. These niggas is playing this old-ass Madden game. And I'm just like, now, all my girls and gays who get a nigga, or I guess girls be playing it too. I don't know too many. I know a, a small little handful that be playing these fucking Madden and NBA 2K games. I feel you. I am here with you. I know your struggle, Okay but now i don't like i like them old school games i liked nba back you know on the original playstation playstation 2 i played all the nba street games those are my favorite. that's what i'm saying i played nba street now yeah those, those are my favorite stuff that's when i tapped out mm-hmm. i was like yeah, I tapped out. This? now like, if they come I still out have my nba street game i still have it I do too. It's at my parents' house though, but I mean, I can go over there and play whenever I want to. Right. <laughs> I had Sims, or was it Herbs, Sims in the City with the little mm-hmm. Black Eyed Peas soundtrack. I had, you know, the Spyro, the Crash. I had all of the games. I have literally <sighs> still have all of them. I have my Nintendo 64 here with me in my apartment now. I just don't have the right cord because, you know, newer TVs don't have the same yeah. hookup as the older ones. And like every time I bring that up, somebody's like, oh, use this cord. And I'm like, I'm going to get it. And I, and I never do. Uh, one just day like, I'm going to get my shit like, together. I'm going to get a DVD player, but I haven't done it yet. <laughs> but Shoot. yeah, I'm watching them play this old Madden game. I'm like, we have come along way Mm -hmm. like it literally just used to be figures on the screen like you might get skin tone differences but now they got dudes whole faces on there like yeah and let's just make this clear 2k and madden y'all copied off of sims because we was creating ourselves before y'all and i just want that's true because i i used to watch my brothers make players and stuff and i'm like what's their purpose like what, what is the point like i get y'all might it. as well play sims. Like their career or whatever right so basically now it's like sims for niggas because it is i told bj that no bj his little brother and i think like two of their friends they do the my career thing. They got they Johnny and look BJ gonna be listening to this. I'm sorry, babe. I'm I'm exposing you. I'm sorry, but a lot of other people do it too, so it's fine. They set schedules to when they like do different games. Yep. <laughs> it's a whole thing, and I I'd be really intrigued. I'm not even making fun of them. I'd be really intrigued by this. I'm like, wow. Because like, I'm like, then they got goals like the, too that you gotta yes. do. He'd be like, the Christmas game is coming up. I'm like, it's June. What you talking about the Christmas game? He like, oh, we're in two. 2055 i'm like what what (laughs) i just be lost and confused i'm just like we are ahead of time like yeah i know the newer versions if you do the vr set the vr headset it puts you on the court side and like they run past you and all of that and i'm just like technology slow down because y'all still didn't give the technology y'all was supposed to be giving me from xenon like can we do that first before y'all do all this nah, other stuff. I want the technology from Spy Kids. I want that. Even though I don't eat McDonald's, we can substitute it for something else. I want that little thing that made the McDonald's meal. It just, like they pressed a few buttons and it was just yep. right there. That's yep. what I want. <laughs> 
dang we should do that movie one time maybe next year all right (laughs) so Trish is up in her room right and a little tidbit a little haha for you Aaliyah's grandma her like her actual grandma Mentis gifted her a stuffed monkey and I think she named him Walter but you know when she's like laying down on the bed and she's like holding that stuffed animal that's Walter and then oh my god okay huh a little sad moment here she still has him like by her side right now and I'm just like my heart that is so cute Mm -hmm. I know so Han who followed Trish to her childhood home sneaks in while everybody is still there like Han did not care like he's just like I'm just gonna come through the window I'm up in this bitch but you know they do the whole little hide the boy behind the door her daddy coming Mm -hmm. in trying to talk to her and all of that she acting like she ain't doing nothing wrong all that so they ended up sneaking out and then Maurice come upstairs he looking around first of all I'm like he was like I ain't never been up here before you ain't supposed to be up there now <laughs> and then he see that prince post he like oh you a freak too huh I'm like can you leave her alone like goddamn moron Jesus anyway so they sneak out and they go to the last place that was on Poe's list which turns out to be Silk's casino and nightclub where Poe was last seen so you know they come in they being cute on the dance floor whatever my song is playing in the background but we'll talk about that later Silk spots Trish and then they go up to meet with him but you know right as they start to get to the bottom of it because Silk is like hey yo your daddy walking around like Donald Trump oh wow when he said that I was like I forgot that line was even up in this movie and it's just like now when we say that dude name I like his name is 45 okay and I I really don't want to call him that but anyway they talking about you know like I'm not giving up my club like why your daddy want to be a club owner now like he can we can't you know this this ain't that mac arrives and then just starts some shit he just talking shit to trish talking shit to hun talking shit to silk silk like y'all know mr x don't play he like i'm not signing that and mac is like okay i'll sign it myself pop i was like i know you did not <laughs> but i also did not appreciate the way he muffed trish yeah i didn't like that either I was like, uh, see, once again, Mac, you tried it earlier in the restaurant. This is strike two. You are going to get your ass beat. You hear me? And I am dead serious, okay? As this happens, it just goes straight to black. Han wakes up at a remote location, and he's just like, okay, where's Trish? And Moron is just chastising him, just fucking with him, calling him dim sum, calling him, calling him anything, rice noodle, all of that stuff. I'm just like, wow jesus so then han comes back he's like okay meatball let me tell you something <laughs> first meatball. of all it was the way that they was all cracking up <laughs> to each other it was like moron was cracking up to the other two dudes and they was all laughing but they last was so fake though i was like y'all know he's not that funny y'all don't have to laugh at him just because y'all kind of work for him like he doesn't pay y'all he just literally half a step above y'all. So, you know, you can you can keep it chill. He was like, look, Meatball, if you let me go, I might let you live. 
And see, at that point, that's when Moron got real cocky. And this is when Han just decided to just go full force and beat everybody ass once again. And I really liked this fight scene because, I don't know, it's something about... um, not even just kung fu movies, any movies that have that kung fu element, which is really why I do love the Rush Hour movies. If y'all know me, y'all know Jackie Chan is like my old man crush. Like I am obsessed with him. But even in those movies where they really get to show off their talents, even though, you know, sometimes they do weird things with the cameras to make it look a certain yeah. way. But it's just so cool to see actually like what they can do. Like they've been training to do this Mm. and know what they're doing. But it's so crazy. Like this dude took a fire hose, whooped everybody ass. It's like hiding behind all this stuff in this warehouse, kicking dressers and all of that stuff. And you just watching the whole time like, dang. And you know what? I will give it to this movie. Most of the time in Rush Hour 2, for the most part, some scenes, not so much. But in this movie, I really noticed it. You know how in most kung fu movies, like the villains, when they come up to them, they just kind of stand there and wait to get hit. In this movie, I felt like they was really trying to fight him, though. It wasn't like they was like standing yeah, around and then he was, yeah, like they was really trying to fight. So I did appreciate that. What ends up happening is somehow Han is hanging out the window. And he's hanging from Maurice's like tie. And he just, this is what I love. I love when people are smart. Han pulls Moron out of the window, but literally flips him on his back. So he lands on top of him. And I was just like, well done. Because, you know, some people, I'd be like, flip. You can flip. (laughs) You have time while you're falling. Flip. Like, I felt like I, and I don't know this because this was a very high drop. I just wonder, like, if Colin and his girlfriend had, like, dived, like, went into diving position, would they have maybe just been unconscious? I don't know, because that was a high drop. Well, I don't don't know know if they were already dead before they went out the window or not. That, too. You're right. That, too. That could have been a thing. Damn, that's messed up. Not only is you going to kill them, but you kill them and then throw you. You couldn't just leave them there. Like, Jesus, that's so rude. Anyway. Isaac and Chu meet with Roth to sell him the deeds for the properties they now control. After Chu takes a multi-million dollar payment and departs, Isaac, literally, they cross paths once again. Isaac refuses his payment, stating that his compensation will be in the form of an ownership share to the new NFL franchise. Now, remember, y'all. I told y'all he was trying to get his family out of that gang life. And honestly, this isn't a bad idea because in the long run, he was supposed to get what, like $38 million from this deal that they was doing. But when you think about it, in the long run, if he would have had a partnership in the NFL thing, he would have made more money over time anyway. And then probably could have ended up buying his own franchise. So that honestly was the smart move. But there's always a fucking hater. Here go Mac. He like, now, wait a minute. You ain't tell me we was doing this. And Isaac, he was straight up with him. He was like, yeah, I was going to tell you, but you know, the stuff happened with Colin and I just had to do what I had to do. But I mean, I'm not leaving you behind. You coming right with me. We're going to be in the owner's box. And it's that street, small street mentality that Mac is just like, you know what? Isaac O'Day Corporations just got taken over by Machiavellian Enterprises. Nigga, y'all not even licensed. You need to leave. For real, what are you talking about? Like, sit down. 
Oh my God. Anyway, basically, Mac just decides that, you know, I'm just about to air all this shit out. He reveals that this quote unquote gang war was actually a bruise. And he was in cahoots with Chu, who also, y'all know, Chu, Kai, the whole scene, um, Empire, them, yes. So he was in cahoots with them. And they concocted this whole plan to basically murder anybody that didn't comply with what they was doing. So if the owners refused to sign away their properties, they was just like, all right, we're going to take it ourselves. Boom, there it is. And then to add even more insult to injury, he admits to killing Colin. And as expected, when Max said, I guess old collard green just couldn't fly. Isaac had the right reaction. Whoop that ass on sight. Like, I don't give a damn. First of all, you, first of all, you're going to sit here and tell me that this whole time you was in cahoots with this nigga. Then you're going to tell me you killed my son and then try to insult his name. Boy, you got to be crazy. If you did not think your ass was going to get touched, you must be stupid. They don't be thinking all the way through. They only think to like a certain point. And then after that. Listen. Oh, and I don't even think I mentioned this. On top of this, he got Trish held hostage. Like Trish comes in the room. He got this dude with her in a chokehold. Then that's when he reveals everything. So, you know, Isaac being a daddy, he's probably like trying to think. Like he literally said that he was going to smoke Trish if he did not hand over the $38 million. You wanted your ass whooped. Like, and I'm good. And he, Isaac went immediately for the throat. But while there, you know, they choking the shit. Shots are fired. Isaac is wounded while Roth, he was like, you know what? I'm a man of my white business. Let me just yank these deeds. He really, <laughs> basically, <laughs> he really yanked these deeds and they escaped via helicopter. But Mac ends up shooting Roth's briefcase out of his hand and the deeds, they just all flowing in the wind. Mac tries to pick a few of them up, but it's still a few missing or whatever. So Han arrives to confront Mac about his brother who, oh, this was the thing. This hurt me. Mac reveals that everything that happened on the Chinese side was in-house. So that means if y'all can put two and two together, that Poe was killed by Kai. The whole time. Literally whole time. And even worse, if you still can't put two and two together, the daddy knew about it. Yep. Oh my God. I was just like, because it was at the request of the daddy. You're not about to exactly. kill your boss's son without, you know, it being it, approved. Exactly. Unless you just on some real hater shit and you don't care about your life. Like Mac. Like Mac. But Mac made it look like it was a part of the war. Mm-hmm. So if it hadn't been for Trish and uh, Han meddling kids. <laughs> right. Literally, would have got away with it, too. Goddamn. So you know what? Mac is about to shoot Han, but then, and I like when movies do this, like when you hear a shot and you don't know who shot it, because I really thought he shot Han the first time I saw this. I was like, oh no, my little eight-year-old self. Was I eight yet? No, I wasn't eight yet. I was like seven. I was like, oh my God, like what is happening? And then turns out that Trish is the one that shot Mac, and then she shoots him another time and sent his ass flying over the balcony. Can you fly? 
I didn't think so. Gotcha, bitch. Anyway. Well deserved. Exactly. Trish waits with her father while an ambulance comes and then Han leaves to go find his daddy. Let me tell you something. Black dads are unmatched. It don't matter what condition they in. They gonna crack a joke. (laughs) He was like, he's a lot shorter than I thought. I was like... (laughs) So meanwhile, at the scene compound, Kai admits that he personally killed Poe for interfering with Chu's dealings with Roth. So then, you know, when Han finds this out, he's like, you killed my brother? And that was a mistake. I was like, see, now once again, that is where you messed up. Like, Han just on site. They start fist fighting. They get it down to it. And oh my God, I saw Kai looking to the side of his eye, looking at the little fire things, but I really didn't know exactly what he was going to do with it. And when he flipped it up, and Han put his hands on it and started burning his hands. That hit me a little hard. Because, Johnny, yep. I don't know if I ever told you this. I burned both of my hands a total of three times to the point where I had to, like, go to the hospital. Now, yeah. I'm going to make this. Uh, yes, I know. Because y'all probably like, damn, bitch, what was you doing? I'm going to make this really brief. The first time I accidentally, like, you know how, like, back in the day, if you didn't have an ironing board, you just ironed your stuff, like, on a bed. Mm-hmm. Tiny baby me. I don't know how, but I ended up touching the iron, burnt my right hand. No, burnt my left hand. So then there was another time when I was in kindergarten. My sister was one of those trapped basement hairstylists. I had been watching way too many cartoons. I was very impressionable. And you know how in the cartoons, they would touch stuff and like leave their hand on it. And then they would realize it's hot. So I used to be really dramatic and expressive like that. And I really just didn't realize that she had, she had the old Marcel hot stove. My people, my black girls, y'all know about that old Marcel hot stove. It's still in business today. So I went in there and I had been doing this. This is the thing. But the thing was, it was off, you know, as a child, you be doing stupid shit. I went in there. I literally just sat my right hand on top of it. And my sister looked at me. And she was like, Ashley, and she smacked my hand away. And then as soon as I looked at my hand, that shit was sizzling. And this is when I was in kindergarten. So now you guys know why I'm a lefty. Because <laughs> I couldn't write with my right hand. And so oh I had to pass kindergarten. So now I'm a lefty. <laughs> that shit just stuck. I just never went back to being right-handed. And then I can't remember exactly what I did that I burnt my right hand again. I just know there was a third time, but the blisters just stayed on my fingers. Like, I don't know what it was. I did something. I got to ask my mom, but girl, at this point, I was, I was cropsy. Okay. <laughs> Shoot, I burnt my leg before. So I burned that too. <laughs> if anyone sees like a scar on my leg, a lot of people think it's a birthmark. I'm like, no child. I burnt my leg at the end of high school band camp, my sophomore year. <laughs> like, and See, mine is faded. Mine happened when I was a baby too. Not a baby, but I was a little bit older. Once again, iron. My sister had the iron. At this point, I had already burnt my hand on the iron. So it was like, keep this girl away from irons. There was a toy on a shelf and my sister had the iron on the ground. I'm trying to reach for the toy. There's a huge burn mark on my calf. It's like, at this point, I know where it is. So I can see the outlines of it. And like, you can tell it's an iron burn. Cause you know, like when the iron gets old, it started getting those spots in the middle. Yeah. Those are on my leg. 
like the imprint of those spots on my left calf. My mom actually saved me from being burned on my forehead as a child. She, um, yeah, because she was in the bathroom. She was curling her hair and I came in and I think I like not tripped, but like knocked the cord (gasps) and it was coming towards you. Yeah, it was about to fall on my forehead, but she caught it with her wrist. So now she got like a burn on her wrist from when she saved my forehead because she was like, your forehead would have been fucked up to this day. She probably ain't never let you forget it either. <laughs> nope. <laughs> every yep, time I come see, in the bathroom, every time I come in the bathroom, she'd be like, the curling iron. Da, 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 da. Like she always be telling that curling iron story. I feel it. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I know we just went on the whole thing about our burns, but I we we was relating because when he was burning his hands on that plate, Ooh, oof, oof. I felt that. I genuinely felt that. And then like it it was like Kai kept grabbing his burn. So I knew mm-hmm. I just I felt that, like literally felt that. So you know, they have a whole little low-key, it was like a Lion King moment when um Han comes back through the flames. I was like, oh, okay, the rising. But anyway. He ends up uh, killing Kai. Like he does this like little head kick thing and it goes into the x-ray vision and you just see Kai's head knock into his neck through his spine all the way to the tailbone. Now, I don't know what that does. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Girl, what? No. Basically, he just broke his spine. Yeah, when your spine (laughs) gets broken like that, that, that's basically the end for you. Yes, I was just like, oh, well, that, that, that's that. It's noodles, noodles. But noodles, Mr. Noodles. Okay, I quit. I quit, y'all. Y'all know me. I ain't got no sense. So then Han goes back inside to berate his father for killing Poe out of greed and declare that he will leave him to be punished by either the police or the other triad families. Because remember, he was out here killing this from a triad. And y'all know, if y'all watch Rush Hour, y'all just watch any of this genre, y'all know the triad do not play. So as Han walks away, his dad already done pulled out a gun from the uh, drawer because he heard all the ruckus going on outside. And once again, I thought Han was going to get shot. But trigger warning, no pun intended. Damn, that's kind of dark. I'm so sorry. Don't cancel me. (laughs) Trigger warning. Um, He ends up committing suicide. And I was just like, oh, see, uh, I was just like, yeah, because I thought that he was going. Yeah, I thought that he was about to catch Han. With a, with the with the shot in the back. Nope. Right. He was like, I took one kid out, I do the next. I was like, damn, this is a dark movie. But outside, Trish is waiting for Han and the two walk away as the police arrive. And now I do want to say I got two little things about this. When they first came up with this movie, so like we said, it's Romeo and Juliet, they decided not to give them a romantic angle because one. Aaliyah was um, 20, 21 when this was filming. Jet Li was 37, even though Jet Li was supposed to be playing like a younger person that was still, you know, kind of weird. But then there was just like the way it plays through the entire movie, you get flirting vibes, but ultimately it's more like best friend type vibe anyway. So they was just like, let's not even have them kiss. Let's just have them be friends. Like they can just be very very close like you know they both lost siblings so now they can like have that with each other so my next thing the scene compound girl this is the same mansion where they filmed valentine 
So you know Dorothy. So because it was only that one, um, that one way in. Yes, and because I I that noticed little bridge it. Mm-hmm. when we watched Valentine, I was watching and looking at the house. I'm like, why do this house look so familiar? And then don't ask me why, but I know I watched Romeo Must Die around that same time. And I text one of my friends. I was like, and I sent him a picture of the house from Valentine. I was like, is this the same house from Romeo Must Die? And I didn't even send him the picture of that house. I was like, can you like just verify? He was like, no, that's the same place. Like they were both taped in Vancouver. I was like, see, I knew I wasn't tripping. I spotted that right there as soon as I seen that house but I was looking at the driveway like why the hell is it only like one way type of driveway uh because if you keep going you're going into the garages which was the same thing for Dorothy (sighs) and that was Romeo must die now we can go ahead and give our thoughts who else y'all know stars in the movie and get four singles on the soundtrack who you know I'll wait (laughs) <laughs> and i know y'all probably gonna name some names but this is in the 2000s so um who you know i didn't think so thought so mm-hmm. all right i'm gonna let you go first <laughs> um i love this movie it's a nice i, I don't even want to say throwback but it is a nice throwback because i don't remember the last time i watched this movie i was probably a child so it's definitely different watching it now than watching it, you know, as a little youngster. And it just gave me nostalgia because I was like, okay, these songs. And, you know, like then after I finished watching the movie, I went to go watch the video because I was like, oh, I'll try again. And it's just like, you know, because I remember when that video came out. I do remember the movie came out, but like, you know, just your, what was this, middle school days? Middle school days. Was that middle mm-hmm. school? Yeah. And we were still, no, we was in elementary. That was elementary. We didn't go to yeah. middle school. Yeah, we didn't go to middle school till 2003. It was Ellen the end of two thousand three. Yeah, we was baby babies. <laughs> oh, for real. Like, oh my gosh, this movie obviously because I picked it for my birthday. You already know how I feel about it. I watch it way more than I like to admit to the point where I quote lines from the movie as the movie is playing. But just like Johnny said, like um, going back to watch the videos, like just. The way they even had this, like this was literally her movie. And it always saddens me because I know that she wanted to go on to be an actress. And she was already booked for so many things. Like they have scenes of her in the Matrix and she was already booked for all three movies. Like, ah, I just, just I'm, so sad. listen, I'm just like my baby girl. And it just makes me so happy that it is crazy because my phone locked and guess who's my lock screen is her no surprise but <laughs> it's so crazy to me that um 20 years later basically it's this resurgence and it's this whole new generation that didn't get to experience her while she was here that's learning about miss houghton and i'm just like now you guys understand why we feel the way that we feel because i'm gonna go on a tiny rant y'all was about to turn my girl into a marilyn monroe aesthetic and i was not going to stand for that y'all be wearing oh my god i cannot tell you how many people sent me that video of that girl that has the shirt on she's like i got an alaya shirt i said who (laughs) i wanted to fight her find me her Um. (laughs) 
but no all bs aside i'm just really really happy that like it took a while but i'm almost not even mad that 20 years later she's still the it girl like there is not i can't even put it in words her influence her reign is still relevant like people are still rocking swoop bangs People are still wearing baggy jeans with crop tops or the little strap. The strap bikinis just had y'all in a chokehold this summer and last summer. Like, oh, my God. The windbreaker. Like, huh. How many of y'all be dressing up as her for Halloween? I'll wait. Huh. It's so hard being in this stand community. I'm just, whew, gosh, my back is hurting from all of the facts that I'm carrying. Okay, I'm gonna quit, y'all. I quit, I quit, I quit. I really do wish, though, that we could have seen her career as an actress because that Matrix would have been interesting. Literally, because if you guys don't know, she was gonna be Z. People be like, she's gonna be Nairobi. I was like, no, she wasn't. She was gonna be Z. Thanks. But then she was also supposed... Whitney Houston picked her to be Sparkle. She was supposed to be Sparkle. And then, now, I'm going to tell y'all this. The director of Honey, stop lying. I will slap you because we all know that Aaliyah was supposed to be Honey. There's no way that you got Missy Elliott in the damn movie and all the other people she ran with in the movie. He came out in recent years saying that it was supposed to be Beyonce. I'm like, now, why would no, you fix your mouth to say that? She wasn't even popping like that. Then. Exactly. Like, but Okay. I will fight you. I'll send you my address in the DMs, okay? And you can come fight me personally. Or I can come to you if you want to fly me out. Maybe we can have a drink and I'll still slap you. But, yes. <laughs> oh, child. Um, We haven't told you guys, but we're not going to rate this movie because this is just a birthday jam. We're just doing it like this. I think I've literally said all I can say. As far as the show notes go... I'm going to literally link y'all up because the album is available on everywhere. All streaming platforms. All of her stuff is available now. There's one more. No, there's two more albums we're waiting to drop. But those are like I Care For You and Ultimate Aaliyah. But I'm going to plug everything else down there. Also, um, I think... I think this might still be on Prime. I bought it on Prime, so I was able to watch it on there, and I had it. It's on HBO Max. Oh well, see, and that's that. where I watched see? it. That's why I was like, I was surprised that it was where I found it on HBO Listen, Max. See, I'm gonna hook y'all up with all of that, but I mean, I'm just happy y'all decided to hang out with me for my birthday episode. Y'all can hit me up. Um, on my page or on D180's page I mean I don't care we on break so we not gonna do all that plugging stuff but I will say this it is October so if you are listening to this episode our Patreon is open I kind of told everybody to wait I didn't want y'all to sign up for September and then you get charged for September there was no content but as of this date that this podcast is airing you have um one new episode of aj says this will be available actually no it won't i'm lying this episode won't be available it's gonna drop on the first for everybody because it's not a patreon exclusive but aj says episode and then i have some more things coming for you throughout the month we'll be doing some other stuff so y'all can catch us on there while we're on this hiatus and yeah johnny you got anything for the people 
Yes, actually, make sure, since it is October 1st, that you're joining us for the 31 Days of Rise. I want to say that last night, because I have to be a planner, because if I don't plan it, I'm going to be stuck. I planned out my watch list for all of October. Ooh, so I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. to see what you I hope did. you guys are excited. I'm glad you said that because <laughs> that reminds me, and John A about to be like, girl, what the hell? We have a TikTok. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> see, I knew she was going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> because, you know, because the 31 days of ride, I figured that I would help some of you guys out. And just like I do, John A, I would just give some different horror recommendations for the different things that we're doing. So you can either see them on our TikTok, and that's the same as all the rest of our handles, D180 Podcast, or you can just stay on IG and look at them through our reels because they'll be there too. So yeah. Because I definitely was going to ask you for one, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to figure this out myself. So I figured it out myself. You know, I wouldn't mind if you asked, but I do appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, y'all, we going to see y'all next week because next week is the Tops and Bottoms episode where we're going to be ranking our favorite episodes throughout the entire season one and our least favorite episodes and we might get into some other shenanigans but we'll just wait till we get there so yeah that's it for us for this episode thanks for hanging out with me for my birthday y'all can send me a cash app my cash app is dollar who is she i'm kidding unless you really want to i'm kidding maybe <laughs> no not for real no i'm just kidding all right oh y'all my we'll see you soon survivors bye, bye y'all, y'all. <laughs>